Thank you for joining me for your MMA scoop. This is Ray Zomo Soup. All right. We're live up in this mug. I appreciate you guys for joining me again. This is episode, I believe, 29, maybe 28. I don't know. Who's keeping track? I'll fix it in the in the uh, header or whatnot. But this is your host. I'm Ray. You can find me on Twitter, Darce underscore Smokes, spewing all my shenanigans, doing the what's up and what's not. Anyways, we're coming fresh off of UFC 246. And honestly, I just feel so numb about this whole situation. I kind of talked about it a little bit on my last episode as to, you know, this whole fight really shouldn't have even been happening. And I still feel like that post-fight. The main event was Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone, and Conor McGregor went in there and starched this man in 40 seconds with some shoulder strikes. Let me repeat that. Shoulder strikes. Come on, man. This is supposed to be Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Y'all hyped him up so much being the winningest guy. And and y'all kind of got me a little bit, even though I knew that this was an easy fight for Conor McGregor. You can check my at last episode. I said that Cowboy would get starched in the first round. I said that he would crumble just like he did, and that's exactly what happened. It was almost almost worse than the Aldo because at least Aldo got just caught with a counter left hook. But man, you got beat with some some shoulder strikes. Mm. Now, it's a little bit of controversy because a lot of people on MMA Twitter are saying Cerrone took a dive. I like to at least entertain the argument. I'm not going to say I believe it, but it's something that come on, we got to talk about. You're getting you're you're getting paid millions or, you know, supposedly millions, unquote. Maybe he got some extra through uh, exposure and sponsorships and things like that in a Conor McGregor fight. But you lost in 40 seconds and you didn't throw not one strike. And the way you just balled up is just like, ah, it looks pretty suspect. There's already videos on MMA, uh, Reddit, and all that whatnot, people saying how it looked all choreographed. All I'm saying is look into it. The co-main event, nothing to be talked about. Holly Holm hugged Raquel Pennington to a decision. And I can't really blame Holly Holm for this. That's what she's got to do to get her victory. So, you know, let her do it. But does it make us want to watch her anymore? I don't know. A lot of people are saying Holly should retire. I don't think that's the case. I personally don't know when women should be retiring in the uh, highest level of MMA. Because if you look at it, Marion Renault is 42 years old, and she still looks like she can hang with the top five chicks in the 135 division. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Marion Renault at 42 years old still looks good. Ronda went out when she was young. Misha Tate 
still look decent. And she went out when she she could probably come back right now and be totally okay. Gina Carano, 37 years old, could probably come right off the bench and sell some pay-per-views. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't, because I'm not. But anyways, that was a tough fight to watch, especially when you're that's your co-main event going into your Conor McGregor main event on a pay-per-view that they sold us with absolutely no title fights on it. I don't understand. UFC just does whatever the hell they want these days. Alexei Olenek got the submission in the second round against Maurice Green in a fight that was kind of surprising in some aspects. Like I knew I was calling for the submission from Olenek, but Maurice Green throwing up some just wildly triangles from off his back against a submission specialist that's got 70 fights. Kudos to you, brother. And not being a jiu-jitsu guy yourself, you're a Muay Thai guy, or kickboxing, I'm sorry, even more kudos to you. But Alexi Olenek going to do Alexi Olenek things. And that's exactly what he did in the second round. He got that, uh, it was a neck crank, and it was just a bad time. Brian Kelleher fought Ode Osborne in a fight that was entertaining for as long as it lasted, which was two minutes and 49 seconds. Ode Osborne is a guy that you can market. He he has the kind he kind of has a look. He's got the story. He's a school teacher in his main job, in his day job, fighter by night. And, you know, he had the video of him running through the hallways and the kids screaming, UFC, UFC, UFC. That's the stuff that you want in the guy that you can put some dollars on. Not on Brian Kelleher's watch, though. And I was wrong. I picked against the man in this fight. But Brian Kelleher showed some veteran savviness. Just spectacular. Spectac- he knew he was getting beat in the speed stand-up exchanges. So the, the second time they were about to exchange, he immediately shot for a takedown. And with that takedown, he was able to force Ode Osborne into an arm-in guillotine where he sat back into it and it forced Ode Osborne to tap with his feet. He was kicking the mat to tap. It was amazing performance by Brian Kelleher. I like that. That's some stuff I like that. Anyways, the lightweights, Anthony Pettis, Carlos Diego Ferreira. That matchup was also entertaining for as long as it rounded or long as it lasted, it went to the second round and uh, Carlos Diego Fieta finally got that submission. And I think I might've called that Alexi Olenek submission wrong because now that I'm looking at this, it was uh, Carlos Fieta that got the neck crank on Anthony Pettis that caused Pettis to tap. But by God, that was some amazing jujitsu from uh, Carlos Fieta. The way that he was transitioning and doing these, just subtle, very subtle guard passes that the untrained eye can't see. 
Luckily, this is Ray's on my plot of soup. I happen to be a jiu-jitsu guy myself. Not nearly as high as this guy, but hey, I still train on an almost daily, weekly, month, yearly basis. I do it all the time. I saw the pressure passes and the uh, the misdirections that Carlos Fierro was using. And man, that's some high level stuff, especially against a black belt in his own right, Anthony Pettis. This is why there's levels to the grappling game. This is why. And, and Carlos Diego Fierro proved that, hey, he's going to be a problem for a lot of people at 155. If you ain't got the jujitsu to hang with this man, you better have the stand-up to keep him at range. It's going to be a problem when he shakes up that top five. Uh, I kind of got to talk about this, even though I want I really don't want to. But, hey, uh, I didn't know that Alexa Grasso was going to miss weight. So the Claudia Gadelia-Alexa Grasso fight was pulled off of this card. Like, how, how big of a moment could you miss out on? Miss Grasso, you just you missed weight at such a huge margin, so big, five and a half pounds, that the Nevada State Athletic Commission, one of the most respected commissions in the world, said, nah, you can't fight. You can't fight this girl. You weigh too heavy. That's that's too much of an advantage. And you know what? I I can ride with that. Claudia Cadelia, to her defense, she said that she wanted to take the fight. She accepted the fight before Nevada State Athletic Commission was like, nah, this is not happening. Not on our watch. And respect. Nah, nah. Yeah, sure. We don't get that fight. But, man, we don't really want to see that. Claudia Cadelia really needs that win, if you ask me. She was sent to the slaughter for Alexa Grasso to shine. If you ask me, Alexa Grasso was the A-side in that matchup. Somebody may be able to tell me I'm wrong, but you're going to have to tweet me at Darce underscore smokes. <laughs> uh, women's flyweights on the prelims had Macy Barber and Roxanne Modafari. I got to give a shout-out to my man Juice Fighting With Myself podcast. And a shout out to Laura, X Dex, Purple X Pants, whatever. She she knows who I'm talking about. But they went ahead and picked Roxy while the whole world, I mean, there's a few other people that I'm missing, but the whole world was picking Macy Barber, including myself, to go in there and beat Roxanne up bad. And I, I did not see many keys to victory for Roxanne except for the exact path that she used, which was high-level, pressure-passing jujitsu. I honestly overlooked her reach advantage as well because the little bit of striking that we did see in the first minute, minute and a half, I could tell that Macy Barber was really struggling to get on the inside of those jabs and close the distance against the awkward Roxanne Modafari. Just so awkward. And then she shoots for the takedown, gets it, and just pressure, so much pressure on top. And Macy Barber was just not completely clueless, but she just didn't have enough tools 
to get out of that compromising position. And she wasn't taking too much damage, but then the beginning of the second round, Roxanne, again, with that awkward long range and jab, throws a jab that glances Macy, but Macy, during her uh, back step to get away from the punch, apparently tore something in her ACL or tore her ACL. And she was having, she, she wailed noticeably and she was cringing uh, anytime that that spot was touched or she had to, you know, use her feet uh, in a stand-up situation. So yeah, man, but she finished the fight. Roxanne Modifari did what she had to do to win the decision. I'm eating crow all week long. Featherweights, Sadiq Yusuf won a decision. I don't really want to give this man too much shine. I just can't. Y'all know I don't fuck with Team Lloyd Irvin. They got that rape culture over there. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google. Just Google it. Team Lloyd Irving. Anyways, flyweights. Tim Elliott fought Askar Askarov. And that fight was very entertaining. Now, this is a very controversial moment in the first round where Tim Elliott took a punch. And he looked like he was out on his feet. Me, I don't believe it. Not even for one bit. Not even. Even after I saw the replay. After I saw the replay, in fact, I was more convinced that that was just Tim Elliott being just weird. The dude is weird. And he's going to do weird stuff like that in the octagon. And unfortunately, I think that may have cost him this decision. Because I thought Tim Elliott won that fight. I gave him the decision. But it's not a robbery. You just can't be playing around in there when you go on the decisions, man. That's just what it is. Lightweights. Drew Dober fought Nazrat Hakpras. I got it right that time. He fought Nazrat Hakpras. And honestly, he was the second biggest underdog on this card next to Roxanne Matafari. And I didn't feel right about that. And But... I went with what the eyes makers were saying, and I, I knew that Nazrat Hakparas was on a hot streak. The man, you know, he's the mini Kevin Gaslam, but I also knew Drew Dober is one of those, those scrappy white boys, man, and I'm telling you, there's something about them scrappy white boys that you just, it's just tough about them. You can't really count them out, especially when they have so much faith in themselves. So kudos to Drew Dober, man, from Omaha, Nebraska, where they corn-fed and they white girls even got big booties. I seen them. And, you know, he he did well. He punched Nazrat Hot Paras in the face, put him on his ass, and then he got him in the rape choke and just was hitting him with the left hands. It was nasty. The ref could have stopped it a little earlier, but also understand why the ref gave Nazrat a few uh, extra moments to get out of that position. Moving along. Alexa Kamor and Justin Ledette. That was an entertaining fight, too. I didn't think it would be, but it was. Alexa came out, undefeated guy, young. He wanted to land the Hail Mary, make his debut spectacular on this Conor McGregor card. And Justin Ledette really wasn't trying to play that game. He let him do his thing. He let Alexa wear himself out in the first round. And then he started to use the outside to kind of pick uh, Alexa apart. 
Gamora Park. But Alexa, kudos to him. I won't say he recovered well, but he just fought through the fatigue. Like you could tell he was tired, but he was just gritting and fighting through it. And again, with those just corn-fed white boys, you just can't sleep on them, not even a little bit. Kudos to Alexa Kamora on a uh, debut decision win over a veteran who may have just lost his UFC contract. You, uh, women's flyweight, we had Sabina Mazo fighting J.J. Aldridge in what was a very entertaining fight. These When the women fight, it's always entertaining, and that's why I'm sad we didn't get the Alexa Grasso uh, Claudia Cadelia fight, but Sabina Maso, JJ Aldridge did deliver. Um, I'm happy to see Sabina Maso get the, the win. I'm sad to see JJ Aldridge get the loss. I, I, I wish both of them could have won. I'm not even a big fan of JJ Aldridge. I just, uh, I think that she may have deserved that win. I could see that she'd been making some huge improvements in her camp, making massive strides, and she was throwing that left straight right down the pipe, and it was rocking Sabina Mazo a lot. But, you know, Sabina stayed true to the game. She stayed true to the game, and she uh, kept point fighting and landing more shots, and uh, ultimately that's what the judges like to see. Now, uh, I know I already talked about the Connor fight, but here's the thing. Now that it's done, Dana White is saying – Connor's going to get a rematch with Khabib. Pending Khabib beats Tony Ferguson, which is a huge pending. But then you got Khabib saying that if he fights Tony Ferguson, or not Tony Ferguson, if he fights Conor McGregor, he wants 100 mil. Wow. He wants 100 mil? He ain't getting no 100 mil from no Dana White. You got to be kidding me, man. I'm sorry. I want to see you get. The, I want to see you get paid. You just not. I'm sorry. Not like that. But that just could just be him saying how much he's not going to give Connor this rematch, and then turn around the ranking. The and then the rankings got Connor McGregor moving above Justin Gaethje off of beating a Donald Cerrone at 170. What is this world coming to, man? This is the kind of stuff. That makes me, it's hard to sleep at night sometimes, knowing that there are people out there that got their finger on the button. Their fingers are on the button, and then they choose to do this with it? Come on, dude. What are y'all doing ranking Conor McGregor above Justin Gaethje? Look, Conor McGregor is one and one at lightweight. He's only had two fights at lightweight. Yeah. And then the boss is going to give this man a 155-er at 170 and call it a lightweight fight? We really just doing whatever the hell we want at this point. It's, I just don't understand. But uh, this is the sport we live in. I'm sad, sad days. Real quick, guys, give a give a donation to my cause. I'm trying to get Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to uh, kids in urban Kansas City, Kansas. Give them an option to combat bullying 
and uh, mental illness, man, there's a lot of teenagers and young people that are committing suicide. I, I recently learned that it's the second highest uh, killer amongst teenagers, suicide. So you guys, like I said, please donate to my cause. I got a GoFundMe out right now. You can check out my Twitter page. It's, uh, it's on my pinned tweet. And uh, I just really need your guys' help right now. If you can't donate, please share it to someone who you think can. Uh, you can tag fighters. You can tag uh, whoever. Just like I said, please share it. And uh, hopefully we can we can reach this goal and make one community a little bit better. Thank you guys for listening.